0: Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo, and I bring stories and cases from the people of color community, bringing awareness of murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, black indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. Grisel Camacho, it was a beloved sister who vanished, leaving behind her siblings, a mother, and her pet birds. No arrests, no leads. And the police are uncooperative with the family of Grisel Camacho, who was traumatized, and they are needing closure and justice for their loved one. I have found no news sources about what happened to Grisel Camacho. Thus, the only sources I have for you are the accounts Via her brother through Reddit. Rob is a strong brother and is desperate to find the person that has harmed his sister. This is Grisel's story. I have had conversations via Reddit with Rob, so the voice that you will be hearing is actually just a reenaction of the words that he had written to me. Grisel Camacho was a 37-year-old Puerto Rican. She was likely born on September 16, 1963. Her family shortens her name to Gris sometimes. Grisel had a family that loved her, and she was raised with three other siblings. However, Rob and herself were living along with their mother. Grisel cared for and loved her birds and is described as a homebody. Grisel later became a mother of her own.
1: Griselle valued her son, Richard. He was her world and the best time in her life. But being in love with his father was a big mistake. He was a bad person and a drug user that proved to be difficult. She had to leave with Richard and start anew. Griselle's personality was one that people were drawn to. People love a person that is welcoming and attentive. If you came to her home, there was nothing more that she could do but welcome you and make you feel welcomed. Gree worked at a restaurant on Park Avenue in Newark at one time. I remember she would give out food to people in the neighborhood that couldn't afford to eat. Now, mind you, she would be reprimanded, but continued to do it. She also would let people that didn't have a place to go, they would stay with her. And of course, it wouldn't be just anyone but friends from school or friends that fell on their luck. I would be worried, but you couldn't convince her otherwise. I always remember how she enjoyed life dancing, and people were always drawn to her.
0: February 28, 2001, in New York, New Jersey. It was a chilly day. Rob had visited her that evening as he checked up on her, and the exact time of this visit is currently unknown. Griselle was living in Rob's rental home basement apartment that he previously used as a man cave. Now according to Rob, Griselle was having a hard time with life and fell into using drugs. It's possible that Griselle was using drugs the night she vanished, however, it was well known that she was a homebody, personality, and wouldn't leave her pet birds alone.
1: While being with Richard Sr. for some time, I remember spending Christmas and holidays with her, it was great. You see, we were the last two kids born, so we were very close since kids. So, after living with her son's father for a few years, my calls would go unanswered when I called. After some time, I decided to go and visit and see what was wrong. When she opened the door and I saw her, I was so angry that this animal got my sister hooked on heroin. Her whole demeanor wasn't my sister, something she would never have done. I'd ask myself what kind of thing gets their child's mother hooked on heroin. She immediately asked me to leave. Thinking back, I know she was embarrassed and, I, and didn't want me to see her that way. In reality, what could I do? When she was still in love with this guy and wasn't ready to leave him. After some time, she did leave him. We all knew he was no good, but when a person loves someone, there is nothing you can do until they are ready to leave that relationship. Fast forward two years later, Grisel wasn't the same person. She became withdrawn from the family because of the substance abuse. She eventually lost custody of her son, Richard. She was not the person she was before the drugs. Her relationships were not a priority. Living day-to-day, I helped to put her in rehab since I worked in that field at one time so I could get her the best care available. However, it wouldn't work. She was very unhappy and depressed for some time. She never talked about it, but as her brother, I knew she was suffering internally. From time to time, I'd see the Grisel I grew up with, but that spark, she had disappeared. Later on, she becomes homeless when she broke up with the man she was living with, and he lost his apartment.
0: During this visit, Grisel and Rob argued about Grisel needing to become more responsible. These types of exchanges were traditional, but when he realized Griselle was becoming upset, he ended the conversation and moved on to a lighter topic. Rob made sure everything was all right between them before ending the visit for the day. And on his way out of Griselle's apartment, a man with initials KH knocks on the door. Rob asked Griselle if she would like him to let this man in, and she said yes. This visit didn't raise any alarms at the time. And K.H. allegedly lived on the same street of the apartment, 132 Sunset Avenue. It was a cream colored, tall, thin building in a crowded neighborhood. You can see a tiny church building next door with a metal fencing in the yard. And on the left, there was a small alley space big enough to park a small car. And on the right is a thin concrete path to the back of the building.
1: After her death, I blamed myself for letting her stay in the apartment. I eventually had to leave my career as a medical social worker, which is one of the things I was helping others by offering counseling, therapy, and solutions, and assisting them with all their needs.
0: Rob leaves for the night at this point but returns in the morning. So the date is now March first, two 2001. First, he knocks on the side window but with no answer. He knocks again and then goes to the back door. Turning the corner, K.H. comes out and he appears sleepy. Angrily, Rob asks where his sister is, but all K.H. says is that he sent her out to pick up something and she never came back. Rob asks him to leave and checks over the apartment to make sure everything was all right and according to him, everything was in its place. He worried that Griselle stole K.H.'s wallet on her trip out, and that's why she hadn't returned. And so, Rob was angry. Rob goes back to the apartment in the afternoon, but still, his sister is not there. March second, two 2001, Rob returns again, but still no sign of Griselle. Now, he becomes worried knowing she would not have left her birds for so long. Taking her birds with him, he checks back again at the apartment one more time. March 3rd, Rab is going to the police precinct to file a missing persons report on his sister around noon. But before he does, he gets a page. The page is from his girlfriend telling him to just come to the house. So... He goes to the house and finds his girlfriend on the phone. She hands him the phone, and he speaks to his oldest sister, who tells him simply, They found Gree. Rob doesn't understand and asks what location she's at, thinking he needed to pick her up from jail or. But his older sister corrects him Listen, they found her. She's dead. Grisel's body was found inside a school bus-style van on 18th Avenue and Alexander Street in Newark, New Jersey, in the Valesburg section. The bus was in a mechanic's lot full of old cars.
1: The murder of my sister consumed me with hate, hurt, depression, and anxiety. Every time I had to go to work, it was just too much for me. Also, when I needed to go to the property on Sunset Avenue to fix something or whatever, I returned in a really bad shape. I would be in bed for a week just thinking of it over and over again. So, I had to retire. Griselle's murder, and not knowing from the Newark, New Jersey Police Department and the Essex County Prosecutor's Office, have not once contacted me to tell me they were working on the case.
0: Today, through October 15th, we honor National Hispanic Heritage Month. Each year, Americans observe National Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th by celebrating the histories, culture, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. Currently on NICMEC which stands for National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. There are 57 children currently missing in the state of New Jersey and of those, 20 fall under the Hispanic community. I will have their poster links in today's mid Missing in New Jersey. The one I would like to hit on most is this little one. Jane Farmingdale Doe, 2014 in Farmingdale, New Jersey, as an infant So on November 11, 2014, a female infant was found deceased at a recycling center in Monmouth County, New Jersey. The recycling center services multiple regions that span the entire state of New Jersey. The infant girl was recently deceased. She was found inside a black plastic garbage bag. And inside the bag, authorities found some adult women's clothing Two of the blouses found with the infant were digitally recreated and displayed in this poster. These blouses may have belonged to her mother or a close relative. Specialized DNA phenotyping was completed and that suggested that the infant's mother is of South American or Central American ancestry with dark colored hair and eyes. Anyone having information should contact one 800 843 5678 or 1-800-THE-LOST. You can also contact New Jersey State Police, one 609 963 And again, I will have all this information and their poster links in the show notes.
1: I was blessed to have a daughter that had the characters that reminded me so much of my sister that I have to catch myself sometimes when I begin to call her Gree. However again i catch myself before she notices it i think about griselle a lot we had lots of good times as kids and teenagers grie had this way about her that she could convince you to do something as a kid that was an adventure one time she asked me to talk and walk with her and i asked her where are we going she says not too far just a few blocks so i go and we are in east orange I'm walking, and walking, and she kept telling me we are almost there. We ended up going to Seton Hall University for a student activities day. I was so mad, but we ended up having a good time. Just the walk back to East Orange was brutal. That was Griselle's always an adventure. Imagine for a moment you had a sister that was next in age to me. We were the last two of four kids. We were exceptionally close. You grow up together, play together as youngsters together all the time. Until we grew up as adults. Whenever she had, I had. When I had, she would. We always expect to grow old together. I always expected that she would die of natural causes. But never this, and the way the police don't care. Nothing done. The love that I have for her is everlasting. I believe that there has to be someone responsible and that they are right there in the area. If they happen to look and try harder, I haven't been contacted by anyone about my sister's murderer. I spent all my time looking at 48 Hours, Discovery ID, and related shows. I've seen these shows so much, it's hard for me to believe that an investigation just stalled and no leads. I've seen cases that weren't to be solved and 20 years later, just everything lines up because one person being relentless continued up till his retirement. I believe all it takes is one person to look into it. Although it's been 21 years, nothing is impossible. Would you expect yourself to quit if the savages that murdered her did unimaginable things to her to the point they had to kill her? No matter how much I try, I can never stop those responsible for her end of life, to make their faces known and serve their time in jail for the rest of their days. That's what I want. I just live with the hope that Griselle's murderer will be caught and I can have that, at least knowing what happened to my sister. How did it escalate to such a horrible ending? It's one thing to die, it's another when you are killed in a manner she was, and never knowing who has done such a thing. Sadly, Grisel's son died last month from a freak accident. The only comfort I could give her was to be blessed that he didn't die a horrible experience and to be blessed in knowing what happened to him and begin to heal.
0: Two weeks after the incident, Grisel's older sister found bloodied sheets whilst going through her sister's bedroom. The sheets were dried but had been drenched in blood and then placed under the mattress. Detectives were called and they picked up the sheets. Rob called around 2017 to inquire about the sheets, but was informed that the detectives didn't have anything like that in the evidence bag. Now, this is the part where I usually break down some type of law enforcement side of the story, like what they've done to document and their current goals. And unfortunately, nothing has been done. No news stories, no press releases, nothing. Not even canvassing the area according to the family. And the family has been told nothing and they've been avoided by the law enforcement when they inquire. Homicide Division took no DNA and it's possible they may have even lost evidence. Rob claims that he has been blocked as well when he's asked for a review on the case. They send a letter every year along with tips to several places like the prosecutors and homicide, but is always unanswered. They will not allow a review of any paperwork or evidence on her file. Counsel persons have been contacted but usually only listen and hand out their cards. From Rob, her case was ruled as a homicide, a 2301, by the Essex County Prosecutor's Office. Remember when I referenced about a person with the initials K.H.? Well, according to Rob, K.H. was interviewed, but yet immediately released by law enforcement. No witnesses came forward. According to Rob, K.H. himself and maybe one or two other individuals were interviewed. Currently, it seems that the investigation is closed, but this is speculation as we don't know any official word. Rob had to identify his sister and he was traumatized by seemingly careless way she was treated. From the time he was told about her death on March 3rd up until the moment he had to identify her, it was all darkness and blur to him. As an ethical true crime podcaster, I will try not to provide descriptive information on her injuries and I believe Rob and her family would also like to keep that to a minimum.
1: There was clearly fingerprints on the back of her neck when I went to identify her, and lividity had not set in yet. She was recognizable and her face was as natural as if she was sleeping. I could even notice a dry tear coming down from her cheek. Clear prints could be noticed because it was very clear to me viewing the body. It clearly looked like someone who who had big thumbs, pushed the back of her neck into asphyxiation. At the coroner's office on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Newark, New Jersey, her body was in good visible manner. I believe, no, I know they left her body out where no refrigeration was available or purposely left her body out.
0: Afterward, her body was taken to a funeral home, but it was discovered now decomposition had set in. Rob fears they may have just left her out with no attempt to preserve or care for her. She was in a black plastic bag up to her neck, and she was as dark as the bag. The family was unable to say goodbye to her properly as viewing was impossible. So one of the theories is that she left the house that evening to buy drugs and was attacked by a stranger or a drug dealer. Another is that she may have been a serial killer's first victim, A user on Reddit points out that TJ, also known as CJNTW, had several crimes leading up to a murder he committed. This could be a possible similarity to Griselle, and even though this information is in the media and has been published, this could also be misinformation on this individual. However, Rob did turn in this tip to the law enforcement. Another theory, perhaps, is Griselle died of an overdose at the bus or other location. Even if this is the case, the family deserves to know the circumstances around Griselle's death and if other people have been involved. Yet, I agree with the number one theory, as well as the family, is that Griselle was murdered by asphyxiation in the basement apartment and then taken to the bus on 18th Avenue in New York and placed there. It was said that someone heard the noise and called the police. But by the time they were gone and Newark, police found Grisel. And Rob has been active on Reddit and posts often to try to get people interested in his sister's case. Here is a way that you could help let us hashtag justice for Grisel Camacho and make sure we tag the New York police and everything. On Twitter, they are at Newark NJ Police. If you have any ideas for better tax or anything at all, let everyone know. And if you have some grit to help this case, please consider writing a letter to Newark News or Newark Police Tips email. I will provide their email addresses and additional information in the show notes. Send in your letter asking that an investigation is done on Grisel Camacho's case. Thank you for listening to Hands Off My Podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support the mission, I do have a Patreon membership that will help the cause and bring more detail on cases and stories from the people of color community. If you yourself has a lost loved one or a story suggestion, please don't hesitate to contact me at email. hands podcast at gmail.com and if you are only able to support in another way, please give this podcast a 5-star rating on Apple or Spotify and continue to listen to upcoming episodes every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Dios te